Welcome to the Strategy Show. We explore with real people how to develop and deploy strategies that work. We discover how they overcome obstacles along the way, balancing both achievement and fulfillment. We dive into the most powerful routines, tactics, and strategies and discover how they manage to stay fresh, strong, and happy. This is your host, Simon Severino. Hello everybody, I was asked to talk about strategy sprints and focus, freedom, flow. So let's start with strategy. What is strategy? We know strategy from the industrial age. It was a plan, having a plan, a one-year plan, a five-year plan. What is strategy in the digital age? I have a client at the moment. His, his main market is in Singapore. If his main product is worth 1 million euro, if he sells one, he's dead because it's not enough. If he sells five, he's dead because he cannot produce five at once at the moment. And this is not a very special client. It's a quite a normal client, an Austrian company with a market abroad and with a very uh, normal common situation that you have to cope with volatility. So strategy in the digital age is definitely not about the plan. It's much more about the planning. The process of how you get there. The process, the rhythm, the way you decide step by step, where are you? Are you going in the right direction? What will be the goal? We will do it directly with you. You have your clarity card. You will think about your current strategy, whether your personal or your today for your conference. What's your, what's your strategy here? What are you going to accomplish? Why did you come? What's your goal? And how will you get there? Or your corporate or organizational strategy. I like to think about strategy like I'm swimming in open water and usually my head's down. I don't see where I'm swimming, but I'm swimming, I'm swimming. So the whole week, usually I'm swimming. I'm doing my operations. I have to do this, I have to call that, I have to write this, I have to do that. And in the middle of the swim, there is some point where I have to stop swimming, stop the operations. And this is the moment I think of a strategy where you pull your head out of the water and look, where am I swimming to? Is the direction still the right direction? Am I swimming there or there? Should I be swimming there? And it's a couple of seconds when you swim, but it's about timing. What's the perfect moment to pull your head out of it? It's about the waves. If the wave is too high, it's not the right moment. If the wave is too low, it's not the right moment. So when will you do it? How often will you do it? Every corporation has to find her own rhythm and pace and way of doing it, but you need some kind of process. If you don't do it, you are stuck in operations. What happens when you're stuck in operations? You do work, but you don't do your business. Like I'm a freelancer. If I do my work during a big project, so I'm doing, I don't know, 10 hours a day, making this client happy, that's not a strategy. That's the perfect recipe for a catastrophic end of my business. Because if I only do my current client, I'm not building my business of the next year. So I will have to find 
a pace of my own, which currently is 10 hours a day, I make my client happy, but two hours a day, I build my business. So I create the future of my company, two hours a day. And that can vary, but you need a kind of process to review that, to track that, and to find your personal rhythm. That's what we're going to talk about. And the second word is sprint. What's a sprint? A sprint is a dedicated period of time where you do only one thing. And you do it until the end. There is a general misconception that sprint is about speed. It's not about speed. Speed is not always helpful. It is in a very specific situation. It's helpful, but not in every situation. But focus is what you need to navigate the digital ages. Because big data means all the data is available. Every possibility is available. If you have a phone, you can start every company you want right now. And you have a phone. <laughs> if you have a phone, you are a marketing agency right now. You are a publishing company right now, if you have a phone. You are a, what, you are what was a television company. You are a television company right now, if you start a YouTube channel. How many of you have a YouTube channel? Okay, okay. You can broadcast your ideas directly to six million people. You don't need intermediate people in between. So why don't leverage the full potential? Let's make an experiment. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as high as you can right now. Okay, hold it, hold it. And now, much higher. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what happened? Changing strategy. <laughs> Changing strategy, exactly. From tactics to strategy, to a real strategy. This is our, we know exactly what happened. Because we do it every day. We don't go full in. We can have a YouTube channel, but now let's see what the others do. Let's, let's them make the most errors and then let's learn from their errors and then I start. Then I will start. When the, when the moment is right, I will start. Right? When will you start your YouTube channel? Uh, when I have my strategy. When will you start? Yes, when I have my content. When will you start? When I have my corporate identity done well. When will that moment be? Never. Because it's never going to be the perfect moment. And even the perfect moment can be the wrong moment. This is paradox. So the right moment can be the wrong moment. Imagine you are on TV. This old thing that we were watching 10 years ago. And uh, there is this show with the buzzer. So he's asking you a question. You want to answer it. You, you, you can win money. So you want to get the answer right. When are you going to buzz? You don't know the answer. Are you going to wait until you know the answer and then Why not? It's definitely too late. So when's the right moment to do it? When I think I will have the answer when the guy asks me. Perfect. So the perfect timing is the wrong timing. Start at the wrong 
point. And start small, but start fast. And jump in a way that you cannot go back. Because then all your systems will accelerate, they will step up. So I push, I don't know the answer, what happens now? I have three seconds until moderator says my name. In these three seconds, with a long name, I have four seconds maybe, and in these four seconds, all the systems are gearing up, so they're coming, boom, 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 boom. And uh, my cognitive system, my biological system, all the systems are firing up, and this is where I am fully alive. And this is where magic can happen, and I come up with the right idea. Of course, it can go wrong. But in the digital age, it's about creating safe experiments and running multiple fast experiments at once. We will talk about complexity and see why it's the only way that you can manage complexity. Focus, freedom, flow. With these three ingredients, we can navigate the digital ages. That's the hypothesis. Let's see. I think we are trained to do this, like the industrial age school system. Hello. The industrial age corporate environment, it's this. The industrial age, even team behaviors, teams that behave like they were a corporate environment, even if they are a startup. But I don't think that this is the reality you are in. I think the reality is this one. <laughs> so it's, it's better to have small, flexible teams at the moment for most tasks, not for every task, but for most tasks, it's about getting small and getting flexible. Right? So it's about smaller and smaller and smaller. And you don't know what the answer is. Sometimes you don't even know if the data you have is reliable. So, goodbye industrial economy, hello the new economy, which I call the connection economy, because there is no intermediate person anymore. I don't need a marketing agency anymore to talk to six million people. So I can directly connect. I can. But how do I do it? And if you need a little bit of data about what's happening right now and why the internet changes everything, in these 60 seconds, in this very minute, we are sitting here. What's going on? There are at the moment around 156 emails sent. Facebook logins, 0.8 millions in this minute. And Snapchat videos that are being watched right now, 7 million. That's not surprising. But if you look at the pattern of growth, there is something interesting going on there. Emails went up 4% in the last two years. 4% more emails sent. And you know that emails are not going to be relevant in the world of tomorrow. You will collaborate in apps like Slack and stuff you won't need emails anymore. Facebook, 14% before that crisis. In the crisis, they lost a lot. Two days later, everybody went back in. Why? The network effect. If only, it only works if your friends are in. So 
all friends came back. Snapchat growing for, from half a million to seven million in one year. This is exponential. This is explosive. We could build different hypotheses about that. One hypothesis I wrote in my daily blog is that the business model of Facebook is I connect you with as many people as possible and that this, face, this business model is not really sustainable on the long run because human nature is not about connecting with as much people as possible. You don't want to connect with as many people as possible. Today we are 300 at this conference with how many people would you like to connect? As many as possible or the one you care about? It's the one you care about. So it's the one you know and, and the one you will see and hear their ideas and, and see how they operate and then maybe you care about that idea and you want to meet this person. Snapchat has a different business model. If you have kids, you <laughs> maybe you know Snapchat. So the business model is I connect you with the people you care about. You can only connect to people you care about. It's not about maximizing connections, but it's about the relevant connections. And I think this is a major differentiator of all the business models in the digital age. Many are going terribly wrong, where they think they have to go big and bigger. I think it's about going small and smaller. What's your minimum viable audience? What is the minimum clients you want to have? What's the minimum revenue you need to have? I think that's a much better thinking to, to craft a strategy for your digital ages. So this conference is a perfect example for connection economy. Why did you come here? We were talking yesterday. Why, why do they come? So many people. Why, why do so many people come to a conference? We don't know, but we had a couple of hypotheses. And, uh, and one was about connecting to ideas, connecting to people. And uh, you can connect to people today, not to 300, but you could connect. There is people, they say 150 is the number you can really care about, the Dunbar number. You can really care about 150 people. You can meet them, you can have a real interaction, a real relation, maximum 150. And but what would you need to connect here at this conference or out there in these loud markets which are overpopulated? I think you need clarity and that's why in a moment you will do the clarity card for yourself. So an unshakable core of inner clarity. I know who I am, I know what I stand for and I know what I not stand for. And I know what my goal is and how it feels, how it looks, how it feels, how does it smell when I'm there. Because this is my true north. Without that, I will, lose in, I will lose myself in the waters. I will lose myself swimming. There's so many opportunities. The second thing is I will need courage to connect. Because connecting is not just sending your CV, sending your invitation, sending your friendship invitation to somebody. Connecting is about going into vulnerability. I show myself. I really tell you who I am, where I'm going, what I stand for, 
what I not stand for. And I risk a lot. I give my best. But you can criticize me, of course. You will find errors. But do I close? In the industrial age, I would close. In the digital age, I wouldn't. I would open. I would go for transparency. I would go for vulnerability. I would go for documentation of what you do instead of creation. And generosity. Give it away. You can say, I am the best. But you can also say, I have something that could help. I, I share with you my best tool. I brought something with me. Uh, I see that you need this. Can I help you? I think this is still the most relevant part of connecting in the digital age. And uh, let's try it out. First thing, your inner clarity. While I tell you a couple of questions, take notes on your clarity card about three things right now. Your purpose, your strategy, your tactics. You can apply it to yourself at this conference. What's your goal? What do you want to achieve? And how are you going to do that today? You can apply that to your corporate situation at the moment or to your new business idea that you are thinking about and you want to test it today with other people. So it's a very simple structure. I'm 13 years in strategy consulting. I, I had very, very complicated and complex models, but this is my favorite and the one that's the most helpful and it's, it's so basic and that's why it's helpful because it keeps you focused. So purpose, strategy, tactics. Purpose. What do you stand for? What do you not stand for? Who is your product for or your service? And how does it change the people? Write down your first idea about that. If you have no idea, make a question mark. Also very helpful. Then you are programming your mind to scan for that in the next days. Strategy. How will you become a category of one? So how will you get rid of competition? Because if you think too much about competition, you are not focusing on what's relevant to you. Also, it only makes sense to craft a strategy that goes for number one. There is no sense in being number three in the digital ages. Of course, one goal is you want to rank in Google very high. Yes, you want. You should if you want to be found. But there is no sense in being found on the second page of the Google search. You want to be on the first page. And how can you do it in a crowded market? You can only do it by differentiating, by being who you are, because there is only one that is you. So that's a category of one. If you come from that place, you have no competition. 
if you go into competition, you will have price problems. You will get into a commodity market. You don't want to get there. How will you decide when faced with two attractive paths? There is a technique, it's called rules of thumb, where you say this even over this. It's very helpful, four, five rules of thumb, this even over this. And both have to be attractive. For example, I make my current client happy versus I try to get new clients on board. Both is very attractive. Both is very meaningful. But if you do both at once, you lose focus. So what are you going to do in this month? You will have to decide. Do you focus on your current clients? So current client new problem or current client side problem? But you still have a trustful relationship. You can go to the next problem of your current client. Or do you go into getting attention and getting a new client? It's a complete different strategy. Both are great strategies, but never at once. And then the tactics. What builds on what? You are project managers, so you know there are parallel projects and sequential projects. And it's a huge difference. For some tasks, you have to wait for another task to be completed before you do it. So it doesn't go into this slot of this sprint. What builds on what? Which assets can you craft and leverage? This goes back to doing work and business to find your specific balance. How many hours are you doing your work today? And how many hours are you doing business today? Creating your future. Because if you are a service, then you are solving the problems of other people. Beautiful. But when do you solve yours? Which assets are you going to build that you can leverage next year? So how can you modularize things if you are into services so that you can rebuild them to a product and this product can generate revenue in an automated way? That's what the digital age stands for. The digital sales funnel creating something if you are a service that is an online course that will sell during the night. Because a freelancer gets paid when he's awake, but an entrepreneur gets paid while she is asleep. That's the difference. And what's your balance? How will you see if it works? So when you know in which game you are in, how will you take score? I asked yesterday a very smart person, okay, you put 15,000 uh, euro into this brochure for this magazine for your program. What's the conversion of this 15,000 euro? How much participants do you get in your program? And he said, I have no idea, Simon. So in the digital age, we are much more data driven. We can rely much more on short planning circles, but they are real. In a digital funnel, you know exactly what the conversion rate is of what you do. So rely on that. Don't go for brochures somewhere if you cannot measure the impact. Stop doing that. 
don't do commercials on TV where you cannot measure the conversion. So do them in the digital world, build the digital funnel of your physical products because there you can measure what's going on. This is a great thing. And what is the smallest prototype you can test? So again, it's about going small, very small. Think big, but act very small and very fast. How can you build it before you build it? That's the question. When Elon Musk was thinking about, should I go in with the Model S? He had this question, will the market need it? Will the market want it? Will the market buy it? But of course, he didn't build it before. So he thought, how can I build it before I build it? It was a fake website with a fake product, and it was asking, this is a complete electrical vehicle. Do you like it? But not only do you like it, it was asking, would you put $20,000 right now by pushing this button and to get into the waiting list? Right now. So this is how you can build it before you build it. It's a prototype, it's a fake, it's just a website. And you can do it in 10 minutes to find out if it's going to work. And this is also a great differentiator of the digital age. We don't need to build it. We can find out before. So how are you going to build it before you build it? And which networks effects can you build into it? Like the first fax machine, the first guy who had this fax machine, what did he do? <laughs> yes, go to his friend and say, hey, buy this, I want to send you something. And this is a great network effect. You don't need marketing if you had a network effect. And in fact, if you are spending on marketing, my advice is stop doing that. Don't spend in marketing. Your product is your marketing. If it's a great product, it will be your marketing. If it's not your marketing yet, uh, improve your product. But if my product is good, people are going to tell other people. Say, so you, you know what? This was helpful. You've got to get this. And there are inherent network effects you can build in, like the fax machine. And this is what saved Facebook in this crisis a couple of weeks ago. That nobody of us feels good being on Facebook at the moment, but we are all in. And we come back because there is this network effect. And um, if you think of the fax machine, there is even people today who have a fax machine in their office. And it's not, and the technology was dead 20 years ago. But there is people with a fax machine because there is this network FS. There is still people who send you faxes. That's the network effect. So if you have that, you have your focus. And where you have question marks, it's even better. You will program your mind right now when you go running tomorrow, when you, when you are in a cab where you are stuck in traffic, you will think about that. And it's, this is a good question to think about. We said focus, freedom, and flow. So we have the focus part. Why do we need freedom? I come from the sciences of self-organization. So my hypothesis and my belief is that the most effective and efficient way of organizing is to self-organize. So don't say people what they have to do but give them the possibility to, to organize themselves. 
Why? Because you leverage the intelligence of the system in a much higher level and a much denser level than you can. You cannot overview everything, you cannot take the best decisions anymore. There are too many possibilities and they are changing too fast. So freedom is everybody can work from everywhere. You can do it wherever you want, how you want, whenever you want. I don't take score of your time when you are working. I don't, I don't, I don't need to know when you are working. I just need to know what the impact is and if you need me. That's it. Do you know what you are doing this week? Do you know what you are doing next week? Are there any obstacles that I need to remove? That's everything I need to know. And uh, we will check in on Friday or on Monday about that. But you can do it from everywhere. You can say yes and no to projects. You can lead 1,000 people from your phone, from a Lufthansa lounge or from a cafeteria if you want. Or from Bali. There's people working from Bali. Freedom. And flow. Flow is about this very moment. Can I use it? There is a possibility right now. You are asking me, hey, how would you uh, do an agile transformation for, for my banking business? I have a phone. I can go to my documents right now, after the speech, and I can tell you what's my take on it and what my impact is and how I would do it because I can find my documents with two clicks. I'm talking every week to people who say I cannot do it right now because I'm not on my computer. These times are over. If you have to go to your computer to get stuff done, to write something to end, then you have the wrong setup. You just need a cloud and a phone. It's great to have a computer, but you really need only a phone to work, to get work done. It's more comfortable on the big one, but Kairos is the god of the digital age, not Kronos. It's about taking the opportunity right now when it's here. Discuss with your neighbor how are you doing in focus, freedom and flow, and what could be one experiment that would bring you 1% further, not 2%, go very small, 1%. What could be something in these three areas that could bring you 1% forward? Discuss with your neighbor. Okay, you will find your neighbor during the day, you can continue that. But I want to use the last four minutes to tell you one more tool. The growth board. This is one of the most helpful tools I have for my projects that helps me get into this mode of experimenting but still having an overview. So exactly what I need in the digital age. And it's about making it small very small, and it has to do with the complexity sentence. 
In complexity science, we say that most tasks have a life cycle. They start complicated until you work on that. You have to analyze, you break them down, and then they get simple. When you have them in the simple stage, it's great to have some lean uh, SOPs, checklists, and whatever helps there. But they won't stay simple very long because on a specific point, that product will get commoditized. So where you have now one competitor, there will be seven competitors that do what you do for the price you can have. So in that point, this business is going to die. And this task is going into chaotic environment. Chaotic means it's dying and it's going apart and it will reorganize in some other way. But you don't know how the single parts are going to reorganize. And this is the complex environment. You don't know how it's going to be. And if you change one part, because they are interdependent, the other part will also change. And this is the complexity task. So for the complicated task, project management, wonderful. For the simple task, checklists, standard operating procedures, lean, Six Sigma, whatever. For the chaotic task, you just act. You don't think, you don't analyze, you act. But it's, also, it's only a transitional stage. You don't want to be there. You don't manage that. You escape that by acting. And in the complex realm, you have to run multiple experiments at once. Let's deep dive the last two minutes into this complex realm. And what can you do? So if you want to set up teams that work like this, how can you do it? There is a, a framework uh, which I use in a current project. I'm working with a client, an Austrian client. They produce big machines that work the earth, basically. And so these big machines, they had one competitor for their main product five years ago. And last year, they had eight competitors for the same product. So they can bring you the same solution for the same price. That's a real problem. Right, so this part is in chaos, and how will they regroup? So they have to, to change from producing a product to becoming a solution provider. It's a major change. And we came together and said, okay, how can we make it small? So let's not do one pilot for 12 months investing 100,000 euro. Let's make it as small as possible. How can we make it small? So we, we, we took as many people as possible from the organization. We built some teams. I'm coaching these teams once a month. And uh, they build hypotheses. They collect the data. They build hypotheses. And they think about first small experiments. And they try to start experiments right now. So we meet once a month for one day. We start discussing. And when the first idea comes up, how this hypothesis could be validated or invalidated, I say, OK, stop discussing right now. We take this experiment card that you see there. How can you test it? You have an idea for a solution. OK, let's stop this discussion right now. How can you test it? So write it down. And they write it down there. So the person who says, I have an idea, gets not interrupted by the others who usually would say, we tried this 10 years ago. That won't work. It's too expensive. So I ask only one question. How can you make it small? How can you test it next week? And they write it on the experiment cards on the blue side, which is the doing side. And it says duration. It says duration. And it says currency and threshold. 
and the duration will, will be something between two weeks and four weeks. In four weeks, we will review. So we try to make it as small as possible, the smallest entity. And they just go and do it. So if it's five people, they have five experiments to the, until the next meeting. And you see the difference to a normal meeting where you come together, you discuss, nothing happens, you discuss, nothing happens, you have coffee and then you go home. That's the difference, right? So these people in between, they are really working. They are really doing stuff. And at the end, talking about risk management and the buzzer moment. So you start when you don't know and you make many multiple parallel experiments. And then some of them go in the next round. Four weeks later, we kill some of them, pivoting in the new age language of the, the Lean startup. And then some prototypes will go into the next round. And then you put more money in. So instead of starting with one project, 100,000, you start with seven experiments of 100 euro each. And if they come to the next round, then you put in 15,000 and you make it bigger, but it's less, right? And then in the next round, you put in 50,000 and then 100K and then you go into the million round. So only this one gets funded with millions and with, of course, with many people and maybe even a department if you need it. Usually you don't need a department to get work done. And, and you see how the risk is distributed evenly. So there is no risk here because you know that it works. You can put money there. You can put focus into that. You can say to people that this is priority number one. So this is the way how you can have the overview. How many minutes do I have? Zero. So, and this is the experiment card where you can say, whenever your people say, I have an idea, say, okay, let's stop discussing right now, write it down. How can you test it? How can you make it small? Write it down on the blue side, put it on the wall, do it for two weeks. Then we see each other again. Then I will interrupt you. After two weeks of swimming, then I will interrupt you. And then we will talk about it. And if it's invalidated, okay, we go to the next one. And if it's validated, we will make it a little bigger. And this could be one way of navigating the digital ages maybe. If we want to know more, I have a daily blog where I talk about that, or you can find this and many other things on strategiesprints.com. Thank you very much. <laughs>